to free beers and a movie. Nice. Hello and welcome to episode 9 of Three Beers a Movie. I am once again Richard Laird. You are and I am Colin McKay. And we are again at The Raven in Glasgow, where we're trying to do things a little bit differently this time because we're not eating before we talk. Yep. So it's, we're going to be really hungry yeah. and might rush through everything just to try and get to food. It's 15 minutes of movies and then food. Five yeah. minutes of food. <laughs> because um, <laughs> as much as we like drinking, we like movies, I think food is a more overriding emotion yeah. I, I enjoy. Belly rumbling. Belly rumbling sound effects as well. Absolutely, yeah. So first of all, Colin, what are you drinking tonight? Um, Tonight I am drinking Hopper Portsmouth from Broughton. Broughton Brewery. Which is a Scottish yeah. brewery, I believe. It's a Scottish brewery and it's got the coolest can. And what we'll do is I'll post a wee picture of the can on, on the wee Twitter feed for you all to look at. Really you like cool. the can? I like the can a lot. It's it's very good. And it's, it's something non Budweiser or Corona. It's non generic. Yes, yes which we're very happy with. Yeah. like that. Yeah. yeah. And you're drinking? I am drinking something called, uh, it's just a pale ale, it's called from Sierra Nevada, which I'm assuming comes from America. It comes from. Mills River NC, I'm from yeah. North Carolina. Awesome. So it tastes slightly racist. And it's <laughs> and it's also a pretty can. Very pretty well. can. It looks like something like from a sort of what, who's that guy draws the pictures? The, the, Bob Harris? No, not not the pedophile one, the one the American <laughs> one, Bob Ross. Yeah? Yeah. You know me you know from like family guy and stuff like that. Anyway, yeah, it looks like a picture he would draw. But like, it's quite cute as well. So that's our beers today. Yeah. Um, and today we'll mainly we've only really seen one film this week. Well yeah. two films. We've seen Dunkirk. Dunkirk. And we have seen Cars 3, but we'll get to in a minute. We're going to try and do a different sort of format than we have norm- done normally. Um, we're going to start off with talking about the, sort of the main film um's creator, which is Trevor Nolan. Yeah. Um, obviously, he's done his new film, Dunkirk, is out this week. Now, yeah, yeah it came right out now? on Friday in the UK. Yeah, Friday in the UK, yeah, yeah, I think so America's the same. Yeah. Um, and we'll talk about him in detail more first. So let's we'll do a review. retrospect to look at the work of Nolan. Um, did you know he's actually American? Half American. Um, no. No. He's like his mum's American. He's British. His dad's British. Okay. So he's got kind of foot in both worlds. He lived like part of his time in London, part of his time in. Uh, what does he speak with an accent? American or I think he's got a British accent. But I remember. Yeah, yeah. From what I recall, but he, that's because he wants to be out of the party. Yeah. Um, I think his formative years were more American. I think he's like he moved to America more permanently when he was like 11, 10, 11 years old. So he's sort of he's more like where he grew up. It's all American. American. He's got a brother. He's got two brothers. Actually, I read in Wikipedia one brother is a, a convicted felon. Of <laughs> did not know? say. All right, uh, that's the older brother, uh, and then the younger brother is the one. Is it Jonathan? I want to say who works with him. There's a lot of Used, yeah. Wrote the like, first kind of few movies with him. But he's not wrote with him for the last like two or three. I don't think he's the twin brothers. I don't think. I think it's just a younger brother. What do you think the felony is? Just speculation. Purely felony. speculation. Let's let's go armed robbery. Armed robbery. Yeah. Oh, I like that. I'm, yeah. going, to, I'm going to say drugs. I'm going to say that he's a method. You think so? Yeah. <laughs> Just a scandalous claim regarding the Nolan family. Right. Yeah. Um, sorry, Chris. Sorry. You're not coming after us. He's got money. He's got power. We sent Tom Hardy after the said that the worst fucking. Well, he did work with Hardy. What's a lot with um, Michael Caine as well? Yes. I wouldn't mind Michael Caine. I could outrun him, but Hardy, I think he catches me. Hardy will probably take you out. Yeah. Yeah. Hardy ran down a motorcycle recently. Remember? Did he? Someone stole his. Someone jumped on. Someone stole someone's moped or motorbike right. and went cleaning down the street with it. And Hardy, like Rowland, just like calling the police up. And Hardy ran after him. Like fucking and, rig style from yeah, and caught him as well. Fucking so hell, man. Hardy's got some game. He has. I don't like him. So don't like him. So anyway, <laughs> well, we want to more about Nolan anyway. So. Are you like we're we'll we'll probably filming more of it? But are you generally a fan of Nolan? Have you like sort of enjoyed his work? Um, I probably like his earlier stuff more than his later stuff. Um, I, I, I do think he, he, he's disappearing up his own arse. 
and I think it's this problem you're seeing kind of more and more Hollywood is these kind of big big directors people are scared to tell them you know no don't, don't do that that's not a good idea and I think they kind of do what they want and you end up with these films that, that no one does it a lot films that are so clever that, that he gets them but it just baffles most of the odd well I'm speaking for myself because I'm fucking half that but a lot of them baffle me and you kind of come out thinking I, I don't want to come out and not understand what I watched I want to kind of maybe think about it but I want to fucking understand it yeah. and I think that's the problem with Nolan is just no one will say no anymore because he's yeah, well a lot of stuff he is a writer, director, producer I think he might even edit a little bit yeah. as well so he's obviously got a lot of he's been a lot of plays but he has, has complete control he has yeah. also his other producer is his wife Right, okay, so... So obviously it's a joint thing you're going to do with them, so I mean, you might know how much she's saying no to him in that respect. And I think, you see, I think it's just... He's obviously a clever guy. Yeah. Um, but he just tries to baffle you and be too clever. For me, anyway, I, yeah. I think that's... Not that I can't understand his movies, but, you know, I'm like, I just want to fucking enjoy a film. I don't want to be fucking dumb. You don't want to feel dumb while watching yeah, a film, totally, yeah. yeah. Um, well, look at his back in his career. He started out in 1998 with his first movie called Following. Have you ever seen it? I've not seen Following. No. It, it's a real proper indie. It was made for about £6,000. Uh, yeah. yeah, it's a real... It's pro indie, indie, indie to, the, to the, like the nth degree, you know. Is there anyone on it? No. Not at all. What's it's a guy who's like sort of follows people around. He's like, I think I be a photographer. I might be wrong. It's a long time this film, but basically starts following a, a thief in a pickpocket. He takes under his wing, and the story sort of goes on from there. Okay. Okay. It's like it's worth watching, but what remember it's very, very much worth watching. You can see a lot of talent in it, and obviously a lack of money obviously usually brings out creativity. Aye. And you can see that there. He's always a filmmaker of note, and as a filmmaker, you can see things. You know, he's you can see he's got, he's got a good eye. He knows what he's looking for. Um, and with that following, he's definitely got that. Um, it's obviously with a six thousand pound budget, you can tell it's going to be very, very sparse. Budgety. Yeah, and it took about a year to shoot. Because everyone involved in it still had other jobs and things like that, so they only shoot on like weekends and all that kind of stuff. That's so kind of cute. Though. Yeah, no, definitely. Yeah. Um, when was that? Nineteen ninety-eight. Okay. So it's, you know, well ago, well ago, so. yeah. So he, 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 well, look, yeah, he works. No has worked consistently. He's not one of these guys. He's not like a tennis Malik who like goes makes one film then, or even all the stone and that he makes one film then goes away for the next you know ten yeah, years. Yeah. He's, you're talking every maybe two or three years he's chumming he's chumming out, something getting something out, out yeah because um, after the following was year 2000 he'd done Memento which is possibly my favourite film yeah I mean I think it's a lot of people's favourite film because yeah. it's, yeah, it's I mean, Guy Pearce is fantastic in it yeah. and he's only Oscar nomination as well um, I believe as well Guy Pearce's? no um, uh, Nolan oh. he got it for the um, screenplay right. he didn't win uh, he lost the Gosford Park but he got nominated that year for the screenplay hell of a film and I Start these things because it, it, it kind of twists and turns and it plays backwards. And apparently, if you watch it backwards, it makes sense for all the time. Yeah, I, mean, I think on the Which, DVD, there's two actual you can watch a version that's the, 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 the cut you've done for the theatre, mm -hmm. there's a version that's like these it's shown in order. Yeah, yeah, I think I don't know, I've never watched the in order version of it, so I'm not really sure how well so it plays. It's it clever, it. you can move time and stuff like that about, but. Obviously, it's early signs of how convoluted he's kind of missing and yeah, I mean, also he's going to become. Mess with time and that, it was something he's done quite a lot, and he's done it and done, he hasn't done Crafty Bill, yeah. we'll talk about it later. Um, but I think, I think it took me a, a good three or four views to actually genuinely enjoy it. To pick up on all Yeah, I mean, it's one of the films that I watched it, because I didn't like it the first time round, watched it again, because everyone would not stop talking about it. Still didn't really buy into it. And I think that <coughs> maybe the third watching of it, is when I really kind of I fixated on and actually got what it was trying to do. Right. I mean, and that itself is, I think, something enjoyable. You don't have, to, you don't get everything in the first view, and it does take a little bit of yeah. time to 
you have to sort of give this film a bit more, what a bit more than just one watch to actually mm. understand what it's doing. So, good cerebral film, but not too smart. That you know, you, you can you can watch it and have you know, I think this is what's happened. This is my interpretation. You can walk away with that. Whereas with later films, it's just I don't know yeah. what doing. The big draw for me with Memento was um, Guy Pearce. Yeah, no, really, it. really big fan of Guy Pearce. Um, he's a really underrated actor, and that was why I kind of was so drawn to it when it first came out. Was Guy Pearce and, and everything? Yeah, I mean, he's one of those guys who's everything he's in. He's never in a. He might be in the odd time in a bad movie. You know, he has done some poor choices in movies, yeah. but he himself is never bad. Yeah, in he's, them. A, he's always solid. Um, I, I liked him for way back when he played um, Mike and. Neighbours are home away. One or two. I, I, think, I think it was Neighbours he was in. I think it was yeah, Neighbours, yeah. and I remember him from way back then. I remember thinking, this is a really cool guy. Yeah. You know, you could, can I think you could see even back then he was destined for things. It's cliche, I think my favourite guy, Pierce, is still um, Early Confidential. Which I've never seen. You've never seen Early Confidential? I've never, ever yeah, it's like a really well done film. The, yeah. the, no, it's fucking disgusting that I haven't seen. Him it. and Russell Crowe just going at each other at yeah. one point. It's really Which is two amazing actors. Yeah, two so antipodean actors as well. In you know fact, what? I will make that homework for me. I am going to watch Early Confidential. I have it in DVD if you wish to have it. It's Certainly definitely so. worth watching. I'll take you up on that. I mean, everything. Dan DeVito, a great one on it. Um, James Cromwell as well, he's fantastic in it. You've got Guy Pearce. You've got Kim Basie's on an Oscar-winning performance as well. So it's, it's a very cool one. It's one of the films that you, you can see where it defines a lot of people who see yeah. the film. Um, yeah, because it's a classic, isn't it? It's, oh, yeah. You know, five it's one of the films you watch, you go, that is an instant classic. It's okay. absolutely fantastic. So back to Mr. Nolan. So after his, his foray with tattooing and stuff Time like and that, Memento, um, it was Insomnia. 2002 was Insomnia. Which I didn't realise until me and Lorraine were talking last night and she brought it up and I didn't realise no one directed Insomnia because I only seen that about two years ago for the first time ever. Yeah. On the back of Rob Lowe's dying thing. It it's a very unknown film. Totally, yeah. Yeah, it's, 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 it's a pretty standard, straightforward thriller. Yeah. But done well. I think it's probably one of my favourite ones, actually. I, really, I think it's a great Pacino performance. Mm-hmm. I think it's a great Rob Lowe's performance yeah, as well. It's absolutely. one of his best performances yeah. as, a, as a like sort of as a serious actor. Yeah. I mean, comedy is obviously very difficult. Oh, no, it was chilling. <laughs> I think it was about that time they had done one hour photo as well, maybe not that. It was, they were both kind of post a couple of years ago. This real kind of darker side of Williams that you saw, mm-hmm. um, that tapped in, and obviously ever since it's happened with Romo, you realise he had a darkness in him, yeah. and he obviously struggled yeah. with that. I think they were all just people forgot though, before he'd done any of that, he had the Fisher King. Yes, and you forget, and uh, uh, one where he was a defective Russian as well. I can't remember that one. But um, also a good, good, uh, good one in Vietnam as well. It's, yeah. it's, he is funny, but he good, good well, no. Uh, one of my favourite ones. No, yeah. good one in Vietnam as well. But he's like that's before. Yeah. But I, think, I think I'm sure good one maybe came just before Insomnia. Yeah. But no, he, he's got chops, Williams, and he could prop that. And I think Morgan saw that. I don't picked that out. And he's like, yeah, this yeah. is who I want for that movie. And it fucking worked for it because I think at the time people were kind of Rob Williams doing that kind of character. Fuck yeah, he done it, and he done it well. Also, Pacino doing a film where it, it's one of the few films Pacino's done more recently where he's not really a caricature of himself. Yeah, he has become over the last maybe ten years or so. A real sort of. He's just shouting Pacino. Out, yeah, he's doing a Pacino. He's doing a performance of Pacino. This is actually Pacino acting like he yeah. does. Like you know, he has one of the great actors of all time. Building a character, a believable character. Yeah. You forget that's not Pacino. It's a character. Whereas now it's yellow. Yeah, yeah. Pacino, I think, trying yeah. to. Hilary Swank as well was in it as well. Also Who, excellent I love as well. Hilary Swank. Never disappoint Hilary Swank. Really, really good cast actually. Looking back on it, it's really good. Um, but I'd say it was only last night I realised that no one directed it. Yeah. And, I think it's because it is so it is so very straightforward. It's yeah. not trying to be anything clever. It is basically it's a very simple it's not a simple film, but it's just a thriller movie. 
mm-hmm. and that's all Ty D is not trying to do. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you, you I think he's based in a book though. If I'm, I'm rightly, I'm, I'm sure. If I'm right. You still need to think about it. It gives you enough to chew on. Mm. You know what I mean? It's not one. Because it's good for It's yeah, well done. You think about it, but no, really, really well done. And yeah, good or not. So that's that's two so far. But yeah, you really like yeah. yeah. Um, after that, we've been sort of more side hit, almost like well, hit the big time at this point. Then yeah. <laughs> was in 2005. He was. Uh, Directly behind the Batman Begins re- the, the reboot of the Batman franchise. Yeah, yeah which kind of took Batman real. Yeah, yeah, kind of Batman, this is plausible. We could do this, we have this technology, and Batman could exist in your world. Yeah. Almost. Um, I think I've mentioned this before on the podcast, but Batman Begins, I think I was about four or five watches it before I appreciated it. Yeah. Um, at the first time I watched it, I thought it was dreadful. <laughs> Second time, terrible, and it took a lot of watches before I was like, do you know what? Yeah, I kind of get and appreciate it. Now. I think this should be what a lot of people have with it. It's not a Batman film, it's a Bruce Wayne film. Yeah. Yeah, because Batman doesn't show up for the first 45 minutes. Yeah, he's, he's, yeah he's, he's, he has Bruce Wayne, that's it's all part of it's the story of Bruce Wayne. And it's a fucking dark Bruce Wayne as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Um, like I said, again, myself as well, I didn't like it that much when I first saw it, but as I've watched it again and again and again, and particularly as it is part of a trilogy, you realise how good it is as part of a trilogy. Yeah. It builds so much in that first, yeah. the, the character, who people are in it. Um, and also because and I don't think you've done that massive business when it first I mean it done good but obviously Batman will do good it done oh, good business it's always going to make money back but it wasn't like a, you know a billion dollar success yeah. but it, it done enough to re-establish a Batman after what people, many people have seen like sort of the down like sort of the, the low point of the whole franchise with something like Batman Forever and also Batman and Robin do you think Batman Begins is the platform that's kind of launched like the MCU and stuff like that I don't think the the MCU so much the MCU is sort of a different kind of template down for the DCU right (laughs) the the, the, the DC universe because the tone that DC's taken has always been more about this is real like time it's as real as possible and let's try and show that whereas the Marvel universe always been a bit more spectacular, a bit more crazy, a bit more mad. Do you think he, he's kind of taking the fun out of Batman? To an extent, yeah, because he, he, in his mind, he wasn't making a Batman movie. He's making a movie about, say, a, a guy with trauma. Tortured character. Tortured character. Um, and also, he's maybe almost a like, more vigilante than actually mm-hmm. like the Batman. Uh, with that, it does give some grounding to the character, makes it more believable. And again, I think that was also in response to the idea of not being a comic book movie. You know, he wanted to make a, a Batman story. A, 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 a detective story almost. It's human element to human element. this fucking supernatural almost character. Yeah, and that's where I think the, the other ones fell apart a little bit was when he started to be the kind of bigger than the sort of the world. Right, but okay. We'll get to that in a minute. Okay. Um, but overall, Batman, I think we both really enjoy it and, yeah. and enjoyed it more and more as time, but it holds up a lot better than some it, other Batman stuff. Gets better with age, for sure. Yeah, it does certainly. Yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't seem to age we, that badly as well. Yeah, we rewatches it gets better and better each time. I think. Yeah. yeah. What yeah. did you do after that? So Batman this, begins. He went on to the Prestige in two thousand six, which is a fucking lovely film. I, I, it's, it's uh, probably we, my up until recently probably my favourite Nolan film. And again, not too twisted tongue. Oh, yeah, there's some good, there's some good twists and turns in this it film. It doesn't, it doesn't fuck. It doesn't give me a headache thinking about it. No. You um, can fall. You can keep <laughs> up, and you know he's he's, he's clever. But he's not trying to fucking bamboozle you, I think, yeah. in this film. Um, also, you get, like three fantastic leads, you know, your Bale, Jackman mm. and Scarlett Johansson as well, yeah. all play off each other very, very yeah, well. Definitely. You get the first, 
there's not the first Michael King, he's Michael King's in Batman because well, Michael King is a bigger role in this one as well. Yeah. Uh, and I like the idea of warring magicians, it seems it's a, it's a cool story. Yeah, it, it's got flamboyance about it, uh-huh. extravagance, the showmanship's there, but then just say there's these three actors that can all come on and do the job yeah. as well. There's a term in the third act, in, which is something I've labelled at him quite a lot, which they can't no one saw that his third acts always kind of fall apart. Right. Um, I felt that about Batman Begins. The third act didn't really work as well. Yeah. I feel the prestige third act. It's it, it works just about, but I think it's a, it's a stretch. It's the weakest part. Yeah. Of, yeah. of a really good setup, a really good turn, and then the finale's not quite there. Um, but other than that, I think he's a fantastic. Movie. I think it's one of he's one of my favourite Jackman. I mean, of a guy who played Wolverine for the last like twenty odd years. <laughs> but I think of his best performance. I still think the prestige thing is a great performance. Yeah. I really enjoyed yeah, the performance. He's he done really, really good in yeah. it. And uh, Christian Bale, who I'm not a massive fan of. Again. He's a bit more charming this one. Yeah. He has been a family man for a good yeah. chunk of it, and uh, he has yeah. a bit of charm. Yeah, definitely. He's a more likable character, yeah. usually. Yeah. Compared to everything else he's been in, he's very much likable yeah, in this one. Yeah. Um, so that took us up to when was this made? That was 2006. Okay, and what did they do after that? After that was 2008, it was The Dark Knight, which I think right now is a film where people will remember him for, I think, maybe almost. Possibly. Right. Is it though, or is it Heath Ledger's performance that you remember the movie for? It happens to be a Chris Nolan movie, but yes. it's the Ledger that you remember. That's, my, that's yeah. what I think about it as well. I think it's got a great opening. The, the bank heist is a brilliant opening. Uh-huh. Bank heist is yeah. one of the best openings to a movie. Yeah. Um, after that, I think it's a bit sluggish. The Dark Knight. At times, whenever Ledger's on screen, it's brilliant. It lights up. Uh-huh. And then there's bits here yeah, where it sort of kind of meanders, and then he'll pop back up and it lights up again. Um, Heath Ledger is essentially not. He's you know he's a, he's a Hannibal, Hannibal Lecter in Science of the Lambs. Although Science of the Lambs is a better film without um, not a better film without Anthony Hopkins, but the Science of the Lambs still works as a movie. Yeah. This one I think has got more problems as a movie when it's not Heath Ledger. Yeah, screen. definitely. Because you've got the whole Aaron Eckhart doing Two Face as well, which this is my favorite film. Yeah, yeah. They, they throw away one of the most interesting characters of the Batman did, universe. Did we need him in that movie? Did no, no. Ledger could have got <laughs> more screen time possibly. Possibly. Um, but I, I know Ledger does a it's a kind of 50-50 in the ledger it's either that he's great in it or he's not and there's people that you know he I think it was yeah, posthumous Oscars and he did and I thought he was I think, it's, I think it's, it's inspired a phenomenal joker I have yeah. no doubt about that yeah. and to come along and not steal the crown but you know definitely kind of compete toe-to-toe with Nicholson's joker fuck yeah he did. yeah I mean I would argue that it's, it's, two, it's two different interpretations of that character mm. you know that character has been written in so many different ways yeah. that you can take him any way you want Nicholson played him sort of more as a, as a crazy schizophrenic almost. Mm-hmm. Clown Prince almost. Clown Prince, yeah. yeah um, whereas. Ledger just like psychopath. Yeah, but he's a sociopath to an extent, you know, yeah. he sort of knows what he's doing. And that's again where the third act falls apart. I think the third act, he doesn't know what he's doing. He has anger with the boats, mm. which doesn't seem, it seems out of place for that Joker to do. Yeah. And, he that's, jokes. Uh-huh. and that's where I kind of feel about But also the fact that what happens with Harvey Dent, yeah. they kill him off way too quickly. And again, one of the most interesting guys in the universe, and they end him like, a bit too obvious. And also, I don't really get why Batman has to be the villain at the end of that film. It doesn't really, I don't understand the thinking behind it. Because we need him. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> why <laughs> we need him to be the villain, I've never really understood that. that yeah. But up until that, it's, it's a cracking film. Yeah. It's a really good Batman. But it does start to get this bigger film. I think that's the problem. If it's just Batman versus the Joker, 
Yeah. I get that. I'm poor. That's what I think Batman would be against. Still running too many threads at once? Yes. Yeah. But, but still. Can cover. <coughs> there's, there's some amazing memories from it, like the interrogation scene. You know, that, that sticks and the chase for the Batpod. Absolutely amazing. That's stuff. a great moment. There's kind of good bits in it as well, but the, the, the bits you remember as being real fucking wild. <coughs> Ledger's pretty much in all that. And again, no one's shown here he's not a Batman fan. This is this is a Joker film, is this? Yeah, possibly. It's yeah. Joker and uh, maybe Harvey Dent's film yeah. for a long part of it. It's yeah. the, the Batman story is almost a conduit through which they arrive. It's not about Batman as such. Plus, this is the one where they decided to switch um, Katie Holmes with Maggie John as well. Which was there a reason for that? I, I don't know if Keyhole wasn't liked on the set or if he was asked too much for the next film. I preferred Holmes to... I think they're both such disposable characters. It's eventually what uh, it didn't matter who played it, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. A really underwritten role. And, and by killing her off, it sort of adds gravitas to a role that really wasn't earned to an extent. I didn't really, I didn't really buy into the relationship. Yeah. Over, over, over two movies. I think more so Holmes, definitely. But no, John Hall just didn't do it for you. Yep. Um, after that, 2008, we've done 2010 was Inception. Pile Yeah, like Inception. Complete and utter. This, this is where Chris Nolan starts to realise he's got a colon and he wants to go and see what it looks like. So right. You know, his, his nose is edging up there and he's lubing himself up a wee bit, you know, so I think this is where we start to see Nolan fucking making films for Nolan and not for me anymore. I'm saying we're forgiving of you. I've only seen it twice, I think. Well, I've only seen it once, maybe. I've seen it once, I still feel sad. Okay. Um, it's got a great cast in it again. Yeah. Visually, it's a stunning movie. Yeah. It is a, you can't deny it's a visually stunning movie. I don't know. For a director point of view, it's amazing. I mean, basically, like, you notice, if you like Do- uh, Doctor Strange's visuals, they're ripping off Inception. They are. Mm. Which you did like Doctor Strange's visuals. I did therefore. like Doctor yeah, Strange's So you're ripping off Inception. I don't know, it's just. But did then does Inception rip off the Matrix? No. There's more in Inception. I can give it fault, the story does go up its own arse and the story does fall apart for me again. That's a fucking story, eh? Yeah? I, I didn't really buy into it as much. That wee story, sorry, one of Colin's fucking stories. Shut up, Colin. Um, but in work, I sit and play with a spinning top. Yeah. Um, and people come up and say, oh, are you in the dream? And I give them this blank look because I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? You and every time they're like, Inception, have you not seen it? Yeah. I'll be like, yeah, I've seen it. Like, How do you not know that? I'm like, because it's a piss fucking piece of shit movie. That's why. But every time someone will say, oh, you're in Inception, I'll be fuck you. Don't people do love this film, though. It is, people, oh, it is a real. It's sort of one of the films that does divide people. Mm. I think we're in the minority of not liking it that much, though. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. No one's built, but by this point, he's built up a huge fan base. He's got a fan base who, who enjoy him. Possibly Batman films, possibly more than everything. I yeah, think more Dark Knight was one that's all done. There's definitely no one fanboys now that yes. will watch anything no one turns out and say it's the greatest thing. Because every film he makes is the next fucking greatest film. Right. The same way that we, like, I love Tarantino or you love, you know, something like that. People seem to go at it and roll in the same way. Yeah. And Agreed. Yeah. Yeah. Um, after the Inception with The Dark Knight Rises, 2012. Uh, this is where he starts fucking him and Tom Hardy start blowing each other. Oh, I love you, Tom Hardy. I love you, Tom. With the Bane voices. Fuck you. I like hey, the, the Bane. The only thing I like in this film is it sort of it does jump the shark a bit. It gets too big for Batman because he's got like nuclear bombs and a whole city. That seems like something Batman would. Batman would. Batman's not that kind of. You know, he's a guy who gets dealing with like, sort of the low-level criminal. He, he works in Gotham, he's not a fucking global crime fighter. And this is still local, yeah. it's, it's only in Gotham, but I feel a nuclear bomb is, is too big for Batman. Excessive. Yeah. Um, what was I going to say? 
Aye, but back to fucking Tom. No, let's ragging Tom for a bit. Because I'm going to do it later on anyway, so it's well fucking get all out here just now. You've got to really give me a good reason for not liking Tom Hardy. He's shit. I mean, that's, that's not a reason. I mean, Tom Hardy, right, like he's got one fucking look, look at me with my big fucking rubbery lips and pouted no, eyes. I don't understand the hate of Tom Hardy. Tom Hardy's done some really interesting stuff and he made an interesting actor to watch. He's done one, one, Which one one, 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 like? Bronson. No, can you watch something like Locke? Because he's playing not Tom Hardy. But if you watch Locke, he's not playing Tom Hardy. I will watch Locke. Why not? Because it's Tom Hardy. You see? Because <laughs> like, you're, you're, you're arg- I think it's right you don't like Tom Hardy. I, I don't like him. Because I, I just don't think he's a good actor, honestly. I, I, whenever he's on screen, I just see Tom Hardy trying to act and not doing it very well. I honestly just see this guy doing a dodgy <laughs> accent or having this one. Oh, I don't know. But again, you basically see you don't like Tom Hardy the way he looks. Essentially, you're saying he just looks. No, like the way he acts as well. Acts as well. I just don't. I don't him, Honestly, I, I, I don't. Um, I know he's got fucking adoration worldwide. Everybody loves him. No, okay, I can understand yeah. people don't like him. Like his some of his choice of um, speech is, is troubling to me. Like you know, <laughs> oh, no, because he, he mumbles a lot of stuff, like, and that's something, it's something that maybe. A lot of actors are guilty of the, the mumble, and, and that's supposed to be sort of like deep, meaningful, you know. Mm. Um, Jeff Bridge does it a lot, and when he's in a film with a beard, essentially, he does that a lot with yeah. True Grit and things, and uh, RIPD, and that one we saw this year with Hell High Water. Hell High Water does it. He does that, he, he, he puts an accent on it, just a lot of, a lot of real mumble, and you get going, is it clever or smart? He's interesting in his acting, whereas Hardy's just. I, I, I think if you watch something like Locke, Locke's basically, it's, it's only him in the film. See if I watch Locke, right? And I'm sick, and I need to stay off work for six weeks. <laughs> I'm going to fucking blame you. No, lots of because there's very few actors in the world who can have one film or a, a 90 or make, make a hundred minute film where they're, the, where they're the only person on screen, and you're still in, still watchable and it's still fascinating in itself. You think know, like, like that film Buried with Ryan Reynolds? You know, that's, he, that he was terrible as well. I like that film. I think Ryan Reynolds got enough charm to pull that off, and yet it feels yes, it came for Ryan Reynolds. Maybe 127 hours as well. With um, Franco, Franco's Franco, the only guy in the film. Franco can act, or? I think Franco does the same thing that Tom Hardy does sometimes. Franco makes choices and decisions that a lot of the time do not come off. Oh, he's made bad choices in movies, but I think. No, not choices, not even performance, but he made some odd choices. I mean, if you ever watch like, Spider Man 2 and 3. 2 is okay, 3. No, 2 is bipolar, yeah. 2. But no, we hardly. It, it, I, I don't hate the guy, I don't know him, I don't fucking get it. You know, I wouldn't cross the street to see him. I don't care about him that much. I just don't think he's a good actor. That's all it is. There's nothing in a personal level. I just I don't <laughs> think he's a good actor. He never ever convinces me when he's on the That's all it is. Fair enough. And the film itself overall, Dark Knight Rises, were you a fan of it? Right, this is funny because we seen it together. Um, yes, yeah, when it came out. And we both came out purely buzzing. Like, wow, yeah. amazing. And then we seen it again. And the second time it was like, Yeah, and by the third time, you were like, that's not a good movie. Yeah, I saw it five times in the space of like 10, five, about 11, 12 days. Yeah. Because I was kind of obsessed over it. time with looks, I think. I, I definitely gave yeah. I saw it, the first time I saw it was like a, like a 5 a.m. show or something. Mm, I thought it was a when it first came out. Yeah. And then I saw it like, the next day twice. Yeah. To try, and every time I saw it, it, just, it got less and less and less and less. I think that is more like, it, the plot hole became bigger. And again, the, what I mentioned earlier, the Batman story is too big. It's not a Batman story. Yeah. It's something that you feel he wouldn't get involved in. Again, a lot of strings he was starting to bring in. Levitt is Robin and stuff like that. No, Levitt's not Robin in that film. He has a name, Robin. Robin's name is not Robin. Was it, so was it just a wee it's, nod? A, it's a nod to fan base, yeah. It's not, or was it going to be Robin? No, I think he'd more like to be, he might be the next Batman. Oh, could be. Azrael. 
I've got to jump out of this But he's definitely he's not Robin. Robin's name is not Robin. Dick. His name is Dick. Oh, I'll just call you Dick. Yeah, yeah. So, it's <laughs> not Robin. Um, but, uh, yeah, I remember us both pure skipping out of the fucking cinema. Yeah. Wow. And then by, by that week later, I think we were both just like, despair, like, what the fuck is happening? Yeah. Like, what have you done? <laughs> it did. Yeah. But I, I think, again, I think we're a minority though. I think people generally still rate it as a really, really good. Yeah, I mean, I think people overall, as a trilogy, people saw people it like, as a five star trilogy. Yeah. I would say it's more of a maybe three and a half, four star trilogy. Two and a half, three? No, not three. Out of five. Out of five, four. No, I'd say two and a half, three. Would you? Seriously? Yeah. You think it's a big film, it's an actual trilogy? I think so, yeah. Uh, the third one, totally fucking. Yeah, you did. I bring the average right down. First one, I've still got issues with the second one, as we were talking about the one, take legend out of it and yeah. so, yeah, it. Because, like, for you, it's like two four star films and like a two star, so it brings it yeah, right down. Yeah, yeah, the kind average of average, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, um, but yeah, they, 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 what they did do, they brought the Batman back, which is good. Yeah, definitely. And it's almost good, no matter how bad they do it. He, even like it's still he, Batman on screen. Yeah, Batman and Robin is still Batman <laughs> on fucking screen. It's you know, Batman, so it's, yeah. I still get a wee boner, even yeah. though it's a shit movie, do you know what I mean? So yeah, I, I still appreciate that he did do that and he opened the doors for a bigger universe, yeah. which we're now, are we knee deep in? Are, yes. are we enjoying as it's yeah. question? But yeah, we're, we're kind of yeah, we're knee deep in. Um, so what did you do after that? After, after that, 2014 was Interstellar. Yeah, this is the one, a, a, a pure cinematic masturbation. As a man definitely in love with what he's doing, he doesn't care about what anybody else thinks. Yeah. And because of that, it visually is unbelievably good looking. But it's not doing anything different. You know, it looks like 2001 A Space Odyssey, you know, which is, it was made, you know, 40 years before it. You know, it's, it's just, <laughs> this is where he gets, he just starts getting really twisted, turning his, yeah, they're in space, but you know, he's in a bookcase. He's pushing the book, but his daughter doesn't yeah. that. And it's third act, again, Inception had it, Dark Knight Rises had it, Inception has it, it's third act problems. Yeah, and it just, it just dips. Um, McConaughey wasn't that great as No, I agree, McConaughey was People seem to, you know, they've really been nuts from on this movie, yeah. and critics, maybe critics jump the bandwagon, you know, and it's not... I think he's come off the Oscar right. as well. Yeah. He came off the Oscar for um, Dallas Bars Club. Yeah. yeah. Um, but no, I never, and again, this is when me and you've seen the cinema together, and we both had the same reaction afterwards, and it's kind of really flat, kind of, yeah. Yeah, and I felt like I was missing something, everyone I spoke to absolutely loved yeah. it. And I've got friends who are, who are trusting with the opinion who absolutely adore this movie. And the views were off the chain. Yeah, I, I, every critic was, you know, looking, you know, knocking myself over to, to write positive about yeah. this movie. And, I watched it again maybe about six months ago. Did you? And it doesn't. I don't have any more love for it than I did the first time round. No. Like, I mean, it should be a film I love you like because I am all about. I love like sort of end of world post apocalyptic sci-fi. Sci-fi thing. So I am all about that. And I really like that. Same as me. You know, it ticks all my boxes. You know, set in space. And I like science. I like smart people being smart as well. But it just doesn't. Never. We have got a rag done. No, right now, bang. No, 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 no. I don't know because we look all the way down to to, to the, the second Batman film actually. There's yeah, I mean, everything else would be light to extent. Which again goes back to <laughs> what I was saying earlier on is no one is disappearing up his own ass and yeah. doesn't know when to not be known anymore. Yeah, maybe. Which I guess is a kind of calling you a dick because you tell him to know not to be Chris Nolan. Yeah. But, you know, somebody has to tell him. Don't do that because you know that's you get it, but I don't. So do yeah. What did you do after? Well, after that, he said that was 2014, so the next film he done was one we're going to talk about in, in Big Depth, yes. um, which was Dunkirk. 
Um, the story of this one is basically, probably everyone knows, it is the British Army, or the French Army as well, in fact, sorry. French and British Army. They have been in France and Belgium trying to fight the Nazis. Uh, they've been pushed back and back and back, suffering defeat after defeat after defeat. And basically, 400,000 soldiers, four or five hundred thousand soldiers, end up on the beaches at Dunkirk, yeah. right, waiting to get off the beach. And Rock in a hard place, or between the sea and the rock. Yeah, um, the British German army could essentially annihilate them at this point in time, and just like, try to get off. Yeah, many soldiers of off the beach. What Churchill wants the troops back, back. Home, rally them up again, so they can go in there. Yeah, and they have an idea that what they want. I think they mentioned in the film if we if we can save thirty thousand. Yeah, and it's like you know, like you said half a million on the beaches. Yeah. Like so, there's a lot of men. A lot of men are, are scheduled to die on this beach essentially. Yeah, um, starring um, Kenneth Branagh, who is again not not one really, no one has got a big role. What are we roles? Mm-hmm. So Kenneth Branagh uh, playing he is a historical character. He has got a real name, and basically he's a general in charge of the, of the actual evacuation. Just quickly on Branagh, um, maybe this was just me. Maybe maybe I'm a, maybe I, maybe I'm a dick actually. Do you think Branagh's become a caricature of Branagh? A little bit, yes. Very much so, yeah. It's like you know the, the kind of staunch fucking British. He's British stuff of a lot. Yeah. Is there all Michael Caine might have played? Yeah, do you know what I mean? He's very much a caricature of who he is. Yeah. I think it's hard to take him seriously because of that. Have you seen when on TV and move TV um, interviews? He doesn't really come up anything other than who he is yeah. and that thing. His new film might be different, like he's playing um, Poirot, he's playing the new Agatha Christie film, Poirot, yeah. Mother, Mother on the Orient Express. Maybe quick enough for him. Yeah, he directed that as well. Yeah, okay, we love um, that himself. I like possibly. it. Yeah, I like um, it. Also starring Tom Hardy as well, who's, who's a role in it as well. Yeah. Um, Who muffles a lot. Does he's Mark, basically doing his Bane voice again. Also got <laughs> Mark Rylance in it as well. Who was disappointed? And you've also got Cillian Murphy. Killing, is it Killing or Killing? Killing or Killing. I don't know, I, could, I could be wrong. They're sort of the four big names in it. The other characters we have in it is um, playing a Scottish pilot, Jack Loudon. Who didn't know who he was. He's in, I saw him recently in a film called Tommy's Honour. Ah, the golf one. The golf yeah. one, he's in yeah. that. And you've also got um, the boy playing George, who's like the other boy in the boat, who's helping Mark Rylance. Uh, Barry Keogh. He's in 71 as well. Oh, I remember that. Yeah. Oh, that's fucking you actually having something. Yeah, I think he's in 71. Yeah. And also, for your benefit, you've got Harry Styles in his acting debut. Who and that'll be the last real mention of him. I refuse oh, to acknowledge him anymore than anything else. Teenage girls, you fucking say, <laughs> This is going to get sexy. So, <laughs> we'll discuss it at, at, at length because I think we've both seen this film in a different way. You've hated it passionately. Why do you dislike it? <sighs> right. Okay. You've got a reason for dislike. You dislike. You've got a reason. No, I've got. I've got reasons for dislike. First of all, the score was horrendous. Just, there was a bit. If you've not seen this film, horrendous right, in the sense of the, when it was used or, or that. Everything it was just it inappropriate. It was too loud. It was. It was a bit at the start when they were walking along the beach, right? Yeah. And it had to be piano tune. Uh-huh. And it was like a fucking Charlie Chaplin film. Honestly, no, it, it at one point they could have tripped over and done a wee kind of no, fucking non-western no, fucking wasn't. stumble and carry on. And I had a fucking bump no. into that. It was. I think you watched a different film, sir. But okay, continue. It was really just. It was just all the music over. Shadow dialogue all the time. That you do is put you in the moment, so you know. Absolutely, yeah. you're confused. This music is coming at you. You know, it was almost like kind of. There's an old film called The Entity um, about a woman that, that kind of gets raped by poor guys, but that, that, that's like, can it be the kids that are doing it? Maybe or is it poor guys? Uh-huh. In that, every time you know, they, they, they do this hammering kind of piano. 
kind of great in music. Mm. And it, it kind of pulls you in and it feels horrible and awkward, you know, this piano to something. And I think that's what this is trying to do. It's trying to use me to make you feel like, you know, this is how it is. This is how yeah, that's what it's trying to do. Yeah, you've got the, the watch sticking all the way through as well. It's fucking horrible all the way through. It just took me right out of the movie. Okay, so you didn't like your score. Anything else? Can it, right. You've written down character names. Now, if I'd have said to you yesterday, right no, after maybe I, name a character, you'd have been like I've only written the character names down so I can tell you who they really are. Right, but, um, but no, apart from the boy George, there is who no mentioned by name, no one else really mentioned by name. character development at all. You're, you're you don't need character development, you don't want to spoke to the whole You do, I want, no, but you, want, you still need to be invested in these people. I don't care if Tom Hardy left to fucking die because he was just another pilot. That, that was it. Same with all the boys in the boat. At one point, I was like, who was that I drowned? Was it Harry Styles or the other boy? Because it's so meh. There's just no real definition of characters. So it was just like a bunch of soldiers dying. I think that's the point of the film as well. They're supposed to be used in every man, in every soldier on that beach. Just like, look just at Saving Private Ryan. You've got proper characters in that that you buy into and you invest in them and then they die. But it's, it's like, honestly, they could have killed every fucking one of them and it wouldn't have. But it's still, but there's all these other characters that builds as well. Same with any other war movie, they give you that character, they give the character a heart, they give you a story and you buy into them. But it's, it's just, everybody was that, You didn't like any of the characters in it at all? I just thought they were all, this, almost, I get soldiers and soldiers, but there was just, there's nothing that they'd done that made me think, oh, I like him better than him. I liked Harry Styles better because he was Harry Styles. That was it. All the others were just a bunch of boys around here. Right? I think I think that's I think that's part of the point as well. It's supposed to be unknown, so you don't know. So the idea that if one boat gets sailed up, it's not supposed to be. You need to, you need to care, though. I think. I think, I think you did. I didn't give a fuck. Okay. Kill them all. Right. On here. Right. Tom Hardy's flying about in in a Smithfield. Yes. He's got fuel for initially 10 hours, 5 hours, his fuel gets dies, he's got to kind of calculate it. Uh-huh. His fuel runs out at one point. Yes. Miraculously, Tom, with no fuel, mm. decides to do another pass, wipes out a German plane, and then manages to still run his plane on to land it. Uh-huh. That's bullshit. Okay, but you're saying that's unbelievable, yes? Completely unbelievable. Okay, but you're also a fan of Saving Private Ryan. Yeah. It's unbelievable they would find one soldier of the whole damn war. No, they found them. Yeah, but you, it's not believable to find it. Tom Hanks can find anyone. <laughs> anywhere. Any, anyhow, if Tom Hanks yes, will th- find you. Yeah, because you like that actor. Yeah. If it was Tom Hanks flying that plane, you'd oh, be all... Oh, a much better film for it. Yeah, that's my point. You're, you're putting on this, the actor, and you're making your... your no. Thing, ah, I couldn't do that. No, the, 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 that... But it's, it's, this, is, this is grounded in reality, this film. No, this I mean, is based in... in the wind pushed him here. <laughs> no, the wind didn't push him. Um, Chris Nolan fucking pushed him, is, is what happened. I just thought it was a, a really, really kind of... I, I kind of get the whole chest, but many need to hear stuff for that, but it was really, you know, for a movie that was trying to portray realism the way it did, it was a really kind of... Sub- How do you want it didn't happen? I will Google it and find out. I don't saying? think you can play a play for two hours with no fuel. Yes, you can. I will, I will Google it. You didn't play for two hours without any fuel. That's what it felt like. It wasn't sure. <laughs> it wasn't that at all. <laughs> Um, the, the other thing that, that this, this is a minor niggle um, that kind of pissed me off a bit as well is um, 
Mark Rylance is sailing over to, to Dun, which I always find Dunkirk Town Scottish, doesn't it? It does sound like a bit of a Someone else said that. Um, Jill said that as well. Well done, Jill with Green, one thing today. Um, but the, 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 there's this bit where, where Mark Rylance is sailing across the English Channel, which is probably an you know, eight, ten hour journey. I don't know, I've never, never done it. 20 miles. 20 miles, right? And a wee slow boat, sugar, sugar, eight hours, whatever. And he's sailing, and it's just him in the ocean, and they come down, there's a whole fucking fleet of these ships. And you're not watching this film. All the way through the film, you see it in every wide shot, and you're the other boats on the ocean. One boat, There's not. Or, or there's destroyers. There's, 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 there's no destroyers. continuous on the boats. On the way back, they do the same again, and it's just him, and it's like, no, they don't. Dude, you've, you've, you've not watched the film. I'm not watching it again because I'm feeling sick talking you're about it. You've not watched the film properly. No, I was. It was or maybe, I, maybe I didn't want to. Remember my brain shut down. That, that, the right part of my brain just gave up. So give me your Is that everything? You, did you like anything in the film? No. I liked Harry Styles. Because? Because he, he proved that he's a good wee actor. What about Barry Keogh? Who's Barry Keogh? Exactly. He's the like, same amount of screen time as Harry Styles. You don't even mention him. Yeah, he done nothing for me. He, he, he's boy George. Boy George? He's the boy, he's the boy George who is on the boat with Fem Rylands. No, um, the reason I like Harry Styles is because, you know, he's obviously the big draws, he's Harry Styles, boy band, he's actor, let's you know, see how he gets on, and he done good. Like that. I think he was. He didn't do any worse than the other boys. He did was quite right, anyway. Oh my god, can I defend this film? Oh, sorry, you defend the way. This is. Um, Next to Prestige is my favourite Nolan film. I thought it was a fantastically well done film. Um, I thought the performance from all the cast were excellent. Do you think violence was just a VFG? That's his accent. Is it? That's like you get angry at, um, what's his name? But he can do accents like nobody does. He's doing an accent from someone from the South of England because he's coming from like Dover, he's coming from the South of England. He's the VFG. Yeah, who is, <laughs> who is from Southern England in the world of Roald Dahl, that's his sort of mindset for it. Uh-huh. Okay. That's, that's, it's an accent that makes sense. Isn't like you get angry, like say, for example, Mel Gibson doing a Scottish accent in Braveheart? He's supposed to be Scottish. It's BFG. It's BFG. That's fine. That's his accent. <laughs> I thought Kenneth Branagh brought a real, a real weight to it. The idea that he's obviously a man who's struggling with under what he was trying to do. I thought Hardy, all you only see is eyes for most of the film. He's still done well in the movie, in, in the role he was in. I thought Matt Rylands, for what you said, he didn't like him. I thought he was. I thought again he brought a humanity to the actual role of these. If you want to try and the little ships going across the Dunkirk, maybe there's so many ships you could easily have it as a big mass. If this was done by any other director, probably a big mass of scale, like a Paul, like you said, a million ships, you wouldn't actually know anybody. You bring it down to the personal level of my, my Mark Rylands, and I think is it the, the older boy in the boat is his son, yes? George is not his son, though, is it? No, he just jumps on, he's, he's somebody else's kid, yeah. kind of wants to See, go and help he out. He brings yeah. something to the fact that he's, he's a boat with his two boys he obviously loves his, his family, or yeah. his family. And he bring a personal action to it. And I thought uh, Cillian Murphy, or Killian Murphy, sorry, was excellently like that guy who's the shell shot. I like Killian Murphy a lot. I don't think he's done a lot in the movie at all. He didn't have to do a lot. He's, he just, he, he, has, he has that, he is, he is, he's you, he's me. Someone who, if, if for our hell reason, we managed to survive that, that's who I would be. I'd be, I'd be the Cillian Murphy character. I'd be John Wayne. You'd not be John Wayne, you'd be Cillian Murphy. <laughs> You're sitting there just absolutely just beyond stress and he does not want, you know, when he starts bleeding, not to go back to Dunkirk, you have to go home. That's what we'd all be like. We don't want to go back to that place of hell. I get what he was trying to do, but I think Murphy's got more in him than that. I think he's a better actor than he displayed. I believe, I believe in, in that role, I believe who would play. Yeah. And that's for me what I want for an actor. I believe what he's doing. Um, I thought Jack Lowden playing the boy, the, the, the Scottish part again was also very good. I thought he done a good role in that as well. Did have a lot of screen time, unfortunately. I thought it was a bit of a shame, but I thought he done really well. Um, Barry Keogh, the boy playing George again, 
he's that youthful enthusiasm of, like, of wanting to help and it's something that maybe he's not only gone from like, society in general at times you know it's sort of he brings that and he brings this young boy wanting to help mm. and I like that about him Harry Styles I'm going to mention him once was fine as were all the actors playing the cocoon everyone was very sorry but I believe everything they did I think the minimal I mean this film has got minimal dialogue they're talking Mad Max level like, dialogue here yeah there wasn't a lot in it yeah which I really liked it, it gave it almost as a purely visual movie oh no it told a story you, you got and the I story th- without having to fucking you know write it down for you definitely to me that is awesome impressive you would tell a story without real words just showing in the visuals and you knew exactly what was going on um, it gave it an almost like sort of Terrence Malick feel about it like um, that kind of feel about it almost like it had a almost thin red light feel at times but not quite as not quite as uh, as artsy as that it, 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 I enjoyed that about it. What was um, what got me? You probably you're more keen for me. You get this shit. Is um, a lot of people and critics and stuff that I've been saying it's, it's, it's almost like watching a 3D movie in 2D. Yes, and quite a lot of scenes. What happened? This is like the, the, the foregrounds was almost like old school film whereas yes. the background was very kind of shiny yeah. almost see anything on the water I thought was really cool was he shot it at such a low ground such a low level the water was like almost lapping over the screen it felt like yeah. it was really well done but it, 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 I kind of got the depth from it but it was like watching it was almost like you know old film new film yeah absolutely yeah. That, was, that was interesting I'll, I'll give it that um, um, I thought his use of the camera was fantastic he put a camera where it shouldn't be the cover, I mean, it's not a spot to say in and Dunkirk boat sink but it's something in a way that you go I don't want to see the boat from that angle when you see it actually tip roll when you see the guys hanging on you feel that's like flipping round that is really impressive but it was done in a way that wasn't oversold you know it wasn't like Michael Bay it wasn't Titanic or, or Pearl Harbor yeah. but everything just so jingoistic all the way throughout it and you know flags flying and flying things and, and things, things happened in the film that were horrific <laughs> but not in the reference again because like, well, that's the important thing is this happened but the people, that's, that's, that, that's 8 o'clock in the morning. We've got to do wait 8.05 now. We've got to get to this point today. And that was, I thought, was really well done. Just a minute at a time, footstep at a time, oh, try to get home. Every moment, yeah. What about, right, so the, the thing that, that seems to be getting the, the biggest kind of press on this movie so far seems to be the timelines. The narrative structure of it, yeah. Yeah, which I kind of... At first, it, when it first, I won't, I won't spoil it. Actually, there's won't, three timelines. I've not spoiled it. There's there three, three timelines. Time one, the, the story on the beach takes over a week. Yeah. The story on the boat takes over a day. Yeah. And the story in the air with um, is the pilot, it an hour, and our yeah. all kind of it all ends at the same point. And people have kind of gone nuts, you know. I don't get it, and it's like really. I, I, as much as no one's convoluted, I got this one. Yeah, no, I thought that, I thought, that, I thought ninety-five percent of the yeah, structure. I, I was, I was okay. Yeah, I was fine. And with I knew, it. in each kind of, you know, that's in there because of this, and it all kind of correlates oh. because of that. I and, mean, seen, and I, I kind of got that. Which, you know, well done, no one, for that for not being a, a complete, you know. Because things happen, and you go, oh my god, it's horrible, and you'd see it again, yeah, from, from a different point of view, and you put that really well done. Um, but I, I don't know why people seem to have a lot of problems with the timeline because it, it's not as bad as. It, I mean, like you look at Inception, it's fucking. It's, it's easy to follow that. Yeah. Yeah. Inception and stuff like that. So if you've got any worries about that, if you've seen <coughs> movies stuff like that, no, don't go and see the movies yourself. And you know, it's not. It's not that confusing. At all. Um, I thought the runtime was. A, I'm, I'm happy. I mean, Navistrick was better. That was unique and clever. It's so well done. But the fact he'd done this all in 109 minutes. I felt it dragged a bit. I don't think it did at all. This film. Be I, with it. I was with it also. When I heard, I heard no one was doing a, doing a, a Dunkirk film, 
that had to be three and a half hour, three yeah. hour epic just labelled on it straight away. And I thought this is one of the things that last for a long, long time. I could not believe it when I saw the runtime was 109 minutes. I thought that is, and to be honest, the reason I think it is 109 minutes because it, because of the tension that the film generates throughout it, you couldn't watch that film for three hours. You'd be an absolute wreck then. I think so. Oh, I mean, you didn't like the score. I thought the score was phenomenal. I'm. I've been a big critic of Hans Zimmer that he only does the same score every every time. I mean, no, he's certainly, no, he, he's went. He's, d- he's done something completely he's different. Way out his comfort zone. Yeah, he's something entirely different. I think you watch that film to this, there's a bit, a lot of the sort of the motif in the, in the score is a ticking clock. Yeah. And I thought, I mean, every moment you're watching, you feel that your, your heart pounds along with it. And as I said I mean, earlier on, I, I do get what the score was trying to do, I understand it, but it just. It done the opposite for me, never brought me in it. Now, we mentioned we saw this film in the super screen in Glasgow, which has yeah. got a massive screen and also a massive sound system. That must all be sound. Do you think yes. that may have been a, a not a good way of seeing it? Possibly. Lorraine had said she thought that was maybe the, the, the kind of sound system overpowered it. Yeah. You know, it was kind of really in your face. And a lot of the, <laughs> the dialogue, there was a lot of dialogue that I just didn't get, and I don't know if that's because of the cinema. Yep. Or is it intentional? Because you know what, in, in the fucking heat of war, you're not going to hear what someone's so no, I mean, Is um, it intentional? I don't really know. There are weaknesses to it, and I didn't like a, way, a lot less than what you had. Um, <laughs> the dialogue is tough at the time to understand, you can't get it through the, through the, the chaos of war, yeah. and also it's kind of hard to comprehend. Now, I'm unsure, I might go back and see it again, because I'm intrigued to know was that because of. Like you said, the sound system we had in the cinema that yeah, yeah. it cranked up very loud. Or is it Nolan's idea of trying to make it like the, like the chaos of I think it's immersive. I think that's yeah. what he's doing, the music, the dialogue, um, even some of the camera work, you know, it's just trying to kind of put you in. In the look, You know, good on him for trying to do that. It just, and I'm sure it'll work for a lot of people, but nah, it just, it just fell short for um, me. That, that was all. The score, like I said, I well praise it. It's a fantastic score. I'm with you. There is there are a few moments, very few moments throughout the whole film where the score does slightly impede on the... On, on it doesn't film. stop. The, the score doesn't go up at all. It is, it's so it does at times yeah. feel a little overpowering. Not, mm-hmm. not that one. I think it's, I think it's a fantastic score. It works really well. But I can also it's a, it's a slight degree why you didn't like the score. Mm-hmm. But I'm so with it. I think it powers the film. And it's sort of like if if the if no one's visuals are sort of the engine of the film, it's the score is the fuel that makes it keeps it going. Okay. Um, the narrative at times, like I said, ninety five percent of the time it does work. Yeah. And it works, and you understand that you know we are. Yeah. There's, there is a few moments you get you're slightly confused, maybe slightly you know, not quite getting it. Choppy editing, perhaps. I don't. I, I think maybe it's more at the beginning. You can maybe kind of like kind of a bit confused by it. But once you once you get it, I think it's very default. The stitch, yeah. But it, maybe it's like not. It's not enough to ruin the film. It's definitely not enough to ruin the film. I think the film. What, but it what works really well. I would say is because I'm not a, I'm not 100 dick is. It's probably an important. I think any film that highlights, you know, the war and the struggle and what happened is an important film. Absolutely. And I think people should probably see, you know, obviously it's a Hollywood version of what happened. You're never going to get, you know, the scale. Really happened, but I think it's important that people see it, you know, for that, for that you can understand what happened and <laughs> you know, okay, how important that happened is to kind of who we are, and how we live now. I think the Hollywood was actually no Germans in the film. 
apart from like the, the Messerschmitt shooting. Like, I, prob- I think I liked it. I, I liked it as well. I thought, I thought it was quite clever. Because war films aren't always, you know, hand-to-hand combat and fucking trenches, you know, seconds apart. There's so constant presence, you know they're about, but aye, you know what I'm At any point, you know, come along and drop a bomb and oh. stuff like that, and you know they're behind there somewhere. You don't have to see any, yeah, don't see a German soldier That, that, that kind of gave a fair bit. You always knew, you know, these poor fuckers are on this beach, and they're between a rock and a hard place, yeah. Fuck off, so I'll give it that. But I think, yeah, any war film is, is probably important in it, you know. If, it, if, it's, done, if it's done right, if it's not glorifying yeah. it in some way. Yeah. What, the one big thing I had about this that really did, it irritated me a little bit, um, in order to get the PG-12 rating or 12 rating, it's a bloodless war. There's no, yeah, there's, there's a few. You do see bodies, which I give it for that, there's bodies in the, in the, the water and things yeah. like that, so you do see that. So yeah, there's, there's no blood sprays and There's consequence to it, but for the most part, the bloodless war, which is, in a way, to me, it doesn't quite glorify, it's not glorifying it, that's definitely not what it's doing, but it does sort of, and it's like to then sanitise it, yeah. in comparison to something like, say, Saving Power Ryan, which you know, we've seen a lot open set minutes of that, puts the war right in your face. Which is private, Ryan, the veterans not what it's at, and it kind of really fucked uh-huh. their minds because, you know, it was yeah. like, shit, it's too real, so I don't know if this would be the same or not. I, well, I veterans, I, I was listening to a couple of interviews with um, people who were talking about veterans talking about it, and they were basically saying that they said the score actually allowed on the actual the actual event, which I thought was quite funny. Right. Um, but also they're saying it did it captured the feeling and the tension that they had. You know, because like, I mean, they were standing waiting. Yeah, and I, I, I kind of got that tension. Yeah, I did you know? There's, there's these just to kind of give these a better picture. It was scaled down because I was doing a wee bit of homework as well. So yeah. Yeah. Um, and apparently the, the evacuation took place over seven or eight days, I believe it was. Well, the film, take the, the film on the beach is over a week. Yeah, but the actual... So first week is the British and the next few days the French. Yeah. Um, and well, you do reference at the end. And it was like Canadians and British that kind of helped the evacuation, but there was like 400,000. Yes. And I, I kinda maybe maybe the movie picked up at the tail end of that, but it never looks like there's more than a few hundred people. I would say if you're I, I would say there's at least I would say it's definitely not like four hundred thousand doesn't look like four hundred thousand people. Yeah. But then you're only really seeing one section of this beach. That's what yeah, maybe, maybe you know this is the end of it, this is the last uh-huh. the last thing to be possibly. Um, but I think on paper the Dunkirk thing is huge in the film and maybe it's a, a choice yeah. but you know it scales way way down but then that's like, that's like any good war film will do that you know they'll take the big event and bring it down to the more yeah, you, know, you, like you watch a cartoon it breaks the whole film down just to three characters in that film make sure the labels say by right bring it down to one cartoon even one man in Simpire Ride right? yeah. Thin Red Line and again that kind of goes bigger with a lot of different people in it but again it's, it's more about the one man story but just think with the budget movie had could they have done it bigger and still made it? I think, I, think, I, think, I think if you go big, you lose part of what it is. I think so. Yeah, I think so, yeah. Okay. Um, and like, comparing it to other war films, I mean, what is, what's your, what's your, it's really supposed to say what's your favourite war film? My favourite war or film? one you would think is the one that you watch um, I was going to say Platoon, but it's actually not. It's one of my favourite films, but my favourite war film is Gallipoli. Gallipoli, oh yeah. Uh, really, it's all, it's stuck with me since, since I was a kid. It yeah. really <laughs> fucking haunts me. That's yeah, it is a haunting film, yeah. luckily, yeah. yeah. Um, for me, it's simply a rhyme, and I think Dunkirk doesn't surpass that, but it does come very close to sort of what it is about it. Yeah. Um, so we do, a, we do yeah. a rating for it out of 10, what do you give it? Out of 5, I do, I don't do the 10. Um, out you of do, do 10, I do 5, you do 10. I do have a yeah, okay, we're fucking around. Um, five stars, you do ten, ten. Out of ten, I'd probably give it a three. No, that's ridiculous. That's what I'd give it, dude. I'm sorry, but... Uh, that, that is utterly ridiculous. Because that means you're giving it less than what you gave the Beguiled. Yeah. You'd rather, so you'd rather it to the Beguiled
De said til mig til morgen, hvor jeg fører om igen. Jeg vil ikke gå ind i det. I'm not saying it was a bad movie. What I'm saying is I didn't. Uh, I, I get didn't it. Get it. I didn't. You didn't have the emotional response to it. You know, he didn't hit me with it. Yeah. Uh, what would you give it? Five. Um, I'll give it five. 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 So it's, it's probably just. It's maybe like if he got like four point eight or something like that. So it's been. It's probably up to five. Okay, Jill. What would you give it? Four. Four from Jill yeah. as well. Jill stayed awake through all of it. She did stay awake through all of it. Yeah. Which and then make a point. We saw it with five other people. So Original one. He was in Toy Story, wasn't it? No, he's, I'm sure he's in the camper van. Oh, he was, yeah. 
I don't know how to film or I don't know how to do it. Yeah, they've got this new character in it, but it's the thing is, and they bring in these new characters, which, again, they've got to move shit on, but do you know what? I don't love the new characters, I love the old fucking yes. characters. If you're going to remake it, give me the, just give me the old characters that I know so well. Wasn't it a bad movie, and again, probably by most animated pictures standards, it was, you know, solid, solid, but for a Disney Pixar movie, it's lackluster. Kids will love it. Every kid under the age of 12 will lock up. Yeah, they'll, they'll adore it. Adults will come out feeling a bit. Kids will be picking up strength and make film for the whole family, though. There's yeah. stuff in it that, like, for example, like, kids will engage with, say, Inside Out in one way. Yeah. We all engage with Inside Out in a completely different way, Definitely. but in an absolute emotion. Yeah, they do that. They've got the wee in jokes and stuff. And not just that, just the, the emotion, they can see it as one thing, we see it as a completely different yeah, thing. Same with um, Up as well. Yeah. Same with Ratatouille, same with Wally, same with the Toy Story 3 and that kind of stuff. They can, they can grab all parts of the family. You're saying this one is. I think that's always been a problem with the Cars franchise. It is very much a film aimed towards the child market. Yeah. You know, it's sort of it's, it's looking at more than more than the more, kind of family, more than family market. Not not a bad movie. Um, not an amazing movie. Just it's a shame to see Pixar jumping on this. What can we do? Remake something we've done already. It's a, it's a I like the Pixar a bit more original. They try and do something yeah, original. Yeah, better than that. And yeah. you know, I hope the next movie is. Is it Incredibles 2? No, the next one I'm doing is that one, it's the Mexican Day of the Dead or something that's one I'm doing. Right, so that could be good, but you know, if they're doing sequels, Tread Careful is all I'm asking. I would give it two and a half out of five. You do it out of ten? Out of ten, it'd be fucking five out of ten. Five out of ten? See what I've done here? Double up. Um, that's what we saw this week. So, so that, that, that was it. Yeah, that, that was the movie. So nothing overwhelming this week. Apart, apart from Dunkirk. Apart from, from, from this world who love Dunkirk. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing Harry Styles acting here because I, 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 I like me Harry. It would be nice to see what he does. Next week, depending on what we record as well, there's actually quite a lot of stuff out next week because this week is sort of like... The first week in about maybe two months, there's been no big release. Right, okay, so, so we're, we're getting a bit of screen time on the small things. So, I've not seen Cars yet, let me try and see that, because I want to see what it's like. Okay. Um, the Big Sick is out this week as well. It's looks really interesting. I'm going to see, I'm really going to see that. It looks really for sick. I will see that. It's getting great reviews on the floor. It's funny. It's just Appetit is usually If he can work in his editors. Yeah, um, yeah. I think he's only co- he's only executive producer, I think. The, the, the writer of the film is actually in the film. Right, okay. The, I can't remember his name now, and I'm not trying to pronounce his name because I'll end up being racist and saying it, but anyway, he's the right, it's basically his real life, essentially. Okay, cool. um, so, so I'm looking forward to the back set. So we'll see 47 metres down. Which I'm going to go and see tomorrow. So it's a really interesting. So we'll have that for next week. Um, next week we should maybe also have Girls Trip, which is like a sort of rom com thing which Jill wants to see, so I may have to go and see that. Maybe. Um, and also, so if you're going to see the big release this, this week, is out on Wednesday. I think it is. And that's Valerie in the City of a Thousand Lives. Which is a genre based on Deco. Which I, I think could be awesome, but also has potential to be pretty I awful. I think we need to see this one in 3D. Yes, we do. I'm going to tip that right yeah. now. So, yeah, that's the movie for next week. So, we'll get back to you on them next week. Um, if you want to get in contact with us, we are on Twitter at 3 Beers and a Movie. Number 3, number same three. with Facebook. Facebook, 3 Beers and a Movie. Found at Gmail at 3 Beers and a Movie at gmail.com. Say hi. Leave a tweet, leave us a message, we like to give to people. And we're on iTunes as well, so if you find us on iTunes, give us a wee rate. Yes. That's how we get better readers by you. Yeah. Us how you um, if you like the new format, let us know as well, because we've kind of mixed up a little bit today, today which I quite enjoyed. Um, I've been Colin, you've been Richard, and um, we'll see you all next week. Bye-bye. Bye. Three beers and a movie.